This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to the first Bounty Park Alert System of 2023. I would like to apologise for the terrible sound quality of my microphone. I messed up, I apologise and I cannot guarantee it will not happen again. It's me, Matt Dean here with my, my friend Andy Halliwell. Good morning, Andy. Morning, Matt. How you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. We had a week, Last week was a week off after we had Notts County on... Um, New Year's Day and it was all just a bit rushed and we had the phone in uh, on on the Wednesday which which covered that game so that was okay so it was nice to have just a weekend without the podcast uh, prior to that we'd been working hard assembling the 2022 uh, review show which um, is something that we can have for posterity <laughs> I think it's like a, a, an audio uh, account of what was really quite a bizarre year hopefully the most bizarre year in Oldham's history. Um, um, that we can draw a line under and we can we can move forward. So new year, new optimism and all that. Like, I don't know how you were feeling going turning uh, 2023. We, I mean, I know we spoke about it a lot on the podcast, but obviously we're undefeated Come on the 8th of January in 2023. And, and you were there yesterday, Andy, for the, uh, for the game at Dorking. So how are you feeling this morning? <clears throat> well, it's... Um... I don't know about you, but whenever you get up on a Sunday morning, having witnessed a victory and an emphatic one at that, you just feel that much better, don't you? Uh, it doesn't matter who it is, um, but who you beat. I know it's only Dorking Wanderers who are only a part-time team, one of only a couple of part-time teams, but it was a thumping victory. And yeah, I feel um, feel much better this morning. I'm sure a lot of Latics fans do. Well, I'm sure some feel better in a way and awful in another way because uh <laughs> it was quite a long and boozy day uh and i don't think it was uh, the generosity of mr white uh putting some money behind the bar that will have contributed to those bad heads i think that i think the free drink wouldn't have done any harm i think it's, it's the other dozen or so two dozen that would have done but someone who was at the game yesterday i believe um is our fan guest and i can see him and he looks yeah. pretty fresh to me so do, have you got an introduction for him there Andy, I, I have i've got an introduction for him so our three questions are first game first uh favorite players his first game was shrewsbury town at home in 1982 wow i didn't realize that actually uh, so my first game in Shrewsbury Town as well, Matt, but four years after you. So you, you, you've been gone a lot longer. You, you, you look well for your age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was only, I was only three then. It was Big Joe's first game as well. Fair enough. Oh, actually, so, that, so I'm older than you then. <laughs> right. um, Favourite Latics memory is Richie's equaliser at the Dell in the League Cup quarterfinal. Were you there then? I wasn't. I wasn't. My dad was there. I didn't have a ticket. I wasn't able to go. Um, watched midweek sports special and thought it would all crumbled. I was crying in front of the telly, sitting on the floor, and then up he popped. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing memory. I remember that as well. Uh, and then, surprising fact about yourself, uh, he played in the same kids' football junior team as one-time Latics Loney Junior Agogo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he only played a handful of games but I could tell then he was destined to play for us <laughs> so go on then who's, who's this um, almost made it footballer that we've got on with us here obviously a, a, a man of or a boy of immense talent so, so, so this week's, uh, this week's uh, fan guest is a gentleman called uh, Mark Oliver and he's a pretty well known um, Oasis uh, member um, but yeah, you, you, I mean, people might detect that your accent um, is not from yes. the old area necessarily. So you want to give us that backstory? Yeah, of course. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm from London. I've been, as you mentioned, I've been going to watch Latic since 1982. I take my two kids now. You had yours there yesterday, Andy, and, yeah. and mine got equally soggy. Um, and it's all thanks to my dad. My dad himself is, is from London, but he's got family from the older area. Um, they would take him to Boundary Park and he's been going since the late 50s when his elder brothers put him under pressure to commit to a team. Latics were bottom of the fourth division and, and being quite a contrary so-and-so, he said, he set us on that path. So that's the backstory. 
Yeah. Um, I've known I've known Mark and his dad Paul for I don't know 15 years. Yeah. Say hello every time when we travel. That you and your dad go to well, every game I'm at, you're there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, sorry, go on, No, no, I was just going to say, I love how we all have our cross to bear. You know, like, people, are, you're an Oldham fan, and people look at you with sympathy, but, like, you're from Oldham, so it makes sense, you know, and then uh, you get you get burdened with it, uh, like, almost, uh, like, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It is. It is, and I, I'm now burdening mine. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I love that, though. I love that kind of the way that it... I think that's the thing with Oldham. It's, you know, I mean, compare, like, yesterday, we'll come on to yesterday's game and, and the whole experience and everything, but... You know, like clubs like Oldham, towns like Oldham, they're, they're you know quite big towns. There is a lot of history. There are fans, and this part, like you know, doing this podcast has, has has showed that to me personally. There's fans all over the place, and and fans for all different reasons. And you know, I think sometimes you kind of forget about that a little bit. You kind of assume that everyone is an old, you know, when we do the fan zones and we do the, the people coming on, you hear all the different accents and all that kind of stuff. Where you know, I think. In that sense, we're a big club, aren't we? We've got a big reach. You know, there's there's there's, there's a lot of us around the place, and um, we all have a different story for why we support the club. But they're all as as legitimate as the other in terms of our support. So you were there yesterday, Mark. Yes. Is that yes. how many how many games have you made this season? And because I know Andy's been, uh, I've been to quite a few away games and, and not managed to see a win. As well, all of us have until yesterday, but. <laughs> I think yesterday was game nine or ten. It was the hundred and first different ground. I've watched Latics at as well. So a milestone of sorts and and yeah, I mean a very you know, when Andy asked me last week um if, if I wanted to come on this week, I, I kind of had I, I I was approaching it with a very different mindset to the to, to the way that I'm approaching it this morning. Because Andy said you have a bit of a spring in your step, a five one win. And yeah, I'll admit I wasn't I didn't see that coming yesterday, but very pleasant all the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I had to text. Um, I text the group this yesterday. I was like, "Is it foggy in um, Dorking or what?" Because um, there was this. As soon as the stream came on, there was just this mist. And it was like, "What's the story there?" Brad sent me some photographs from the from the ground, and it was just like clear. And I'm like, "What's going on here?" So I'm like watching the game, and and slowly but surely, then all of a sudden, like the top right hand corner of the screen, just like, "Hang on a minute, there's a cut changing color there. There's something." It's something wrong with the screen. So then we take like tagging in Dawkins, saying like, "What's the crack here?" And they're wiping the screen for us because they're getting the tweets and stuff. And it wasn't on the outside of the camera. So then we figured out there must have been moisture in the camera. And as the camera like heated up through the game, it started to slowly like come in like this. So the circle of mist was just in the middle of the screen. Um, and then like by half time, it cleared. So it was like, oh, okay. So the second yeah. half was like HD relative to the first half when we could see what was going on. Apart from then, the rain came down and obviously that kind of caused a bit of a mist. So you guys must have got pretty soaking. Uh, but was it one of those one of those afternoons where you don't mind getting so wet? I mean, if you'd have lost five water and you'd have got that wet, it would have been horrendous, wouldn't it? But flip it, it was, was it not too bad? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, had, I had a tiny bit of cover. We brought a load of umbrellas with us, so we managed to just, like, you know, get get through the day. But yeah, I mean, listen, we went when we went one nil down. Uh, you could feel the tension on the mm. terrace. You could feel it; it was palpable. If we'd have gone two nil down, it had started to get toxic, yeah. right? So one nil down, it was teetering, and and people were feeling the pressure. And it was drizzling and it was, you know, you, and, and Dawkins a lovely place. <clears throat> what a lovely market town it is. Great place to go. You know, I, I hope that we, you know, we get to go there next year um, because it, it's a lovely place. And and for the, for their owner and manager to put some money behind the bar, I, I can't remember anybody ever doing something like that. It's a lovely gesture. And, and the people in those pubs that welcomed us that were just absolutely couldn't, couldn't be more welcoming. What a lovely place to go. The football ground is just is basically a bomb shelter and a shed <laughs> in someone's back garden. It is not a football ground at all. You know, there is no terrace. It's just flat. It's like standing in a field. It's got garden fences that are bigger than the stands. <laughs> the away stand is like a is like a shed or a bomb shelter. And that and that's what we're in. It was it was absolutely horrible. So if we'd have got beat there yesterday in the rain, it would have been absolutely awful. And and so to put five past man, to be honest, if we talk about the game, Mark can give his view as well. I didn't think we were three one better at half time. I thought it was pretty even, quite honestly. They, in fact, can, can I tell you what, what I was doing from thirty two minutes, right? Which is when I think we'd scored. I think we were two one up. Is I started a little tally 
right, to tally how many passes we were stringing together. Oh no, yeah. it was one one, right? It was one because I was getting, I was like, we we haven't strung a pass passage of play together. Dorking had all the ball; they were passing it around us. We were like, every time we got the ball, we gave it away. So like, I remember I started the top line two, right. The next tally was six, and it was Fondop's goal, the volley. Mm. It's like right, okay, so we put a passage of play together and we score a goal. But up till that point, the passing was ball retention was just dreadful. Like and, and like you said, Dawkins had all the possession, didn't he? And, and yeah, and and, the, and we weren't really good for that that three one lead, were we? No, no, absolutely not. No, you see, if you'd have gone in one all at half time, you'd have said that would have been fair. Um, you, you see, the thing is for me, and I'm saying this every week. If you if you look at the, the, the players on pitch. That, that McShane for Dawkins, lovely player he is, silky on the ball, moves it around, like he's, he controls their play, he's, everything goes through McShane. Um, you know, Notts County, I mean, they have, they have a, an embarrassment of riches with, yeah. with Palmer, uh, Bostock, uh, Rodriguez, that Rodriguez, what a player he is. Like they, they, just, they just run it in the middle. We've got in the middle Chapman and Sheeran. Now, I mean, Chapman scored yesterday from a gift. Uh, Sheeran put himself about it is his best position you know he, he does get stuck in he can win the ball but Sheeran isn't going to start you know dictating passing it about little one touch passes round corners like little triangles he's not going to pass between the lines and thread the striker in we haven't got anybody in our squad who can do that job so the only thing that we can do and the only thing that, that Unsworth really has got available to him as a tactic is to sit deep soak up the pressure and hit him on the break and that's what we did well yesterday, <laughs> is we just sat back, let them have the ball, uh, tried to not let them hurt us, and then hit them with a bit of pace on the break when, when we could. And then we and we were clinical yesterday. Every chance we got, we stuck away. So it, it, in, in that respect, you can't, you can't really knock it. I guess the, the issue is that it's taken him a long time to work out <laughs> what probably is his best. So, I mean, at, at, at kickoff yesterday, I don't mind saying... I'm in in the ground going for fuck's sake. Why is he why is he playing Fondop and not Reed alongside Nuttall? <laughs> well, because the player that you don't want to play, Andy's going to score a hat trick. That's why. <laughs> so you know, it, it's you it, can't you know he's got a, he's got to pick it as he sees it, and he did, and it worked yesterday, and he deserves an enormous amount of credit for it. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. I think Matt, interesting you said about you making that kind of passing tally because. It was an odd game in the sense that I was scratching my head because the goals came from nothing. You know, we weren't building pressure. It wasn't like, oh, it's going to come, it's going to come. They just, they kind of, the goals just kind of appeared from nothing. And you don't want to kind of poo-poo a 5-1 win, particularly the way we've been playing away from home. But it does mean that there is a lot to get right, you know, when we're playing, you know, some of the stronger teams. I think that, I think Sharon in the last two games... I think he has made a difference. I think he brings an energy. You know, the goalkeeper made a rickety didn't he, at Boundary Park on New Year's Day. But Sharon pressed that guy quite high up the pitch um, to, to, to win the ball, to score his goal. I think he brings an energy. And that's fine for now. But, you know, if we want to be, you know, challenging for the playoffs, which we which, which must be doing, you know, that's not the standard Sharon. It's got to be Sharon plus better players. But, you know, you know we, were, we were clinical. We, you know, we had... You know, five chances. We scored five goals, and and maybe we've struck upon a way now where we can play to our strengths, which is the forward players that we've got. You know, we've got deficiencies in different pockets of the pitch, but you know, we've got three or four, you know, pretty good national league centre forwards, and 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 maybe we found a way to play to their strengths. Yeah, John John Nuttall is the key in here. I think I think I think in terms of like what um, the way that Unsworth sees it with what we've got. And like you were saying, Andy, the type of football we can play, we need that Joe Nuttall figure. Like, I'm watching him yesterday win headers coming down from Magnus as Norman has got a ginormous kick on him, mm. hasn't he? It really has. A couple of times you said it just went all the way through to their keeper or even out of play, but it was like he's pumping these massive balls up. And Nuttall, he's not just winning the header, he's winning it and he's placing it down into the channel where you can have a runner onto it. And I think that was probably that's probably where Fondop's not your man for that necessarily. Someone more like Abrams or, or possibly Reed. I'd like to see that that combination for for that that kind of um, that kind of goal to come because he's he's like when 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 Fondop was playing up front on his own a bit earlier on in the season, those balls coming. It's kind of like it's going to hit Fondop, but where it's going to go is kind of anyone's guess kind of thing. Um, but with Nuttall, he's far more controlled. He's he's a really really good signing. He's a proper 
strong, ball-winning, ball-holding centre-forward, and we can bring players in and around off him. But I, I think it's, it's one of those things, like you said, Andy, yesterday could have gone anywhere yesterday from from the one nil uh, being one nil down like against Knox County like as I'm like sitting there thinking what I'm going to ask uh, David Unsworth after the game it depends on kind of on the result and we had a bit of luck and we got the we got a point yesterday I think it's fair to say we probably rode our luck a little bit like so we were just clinical it could have been a very different outcome but football you know they say you make your own luck and we've been working harder we look a lot more organised Hopefully now, because of that, we're going to get a bit more luck. We're going to start getting a few more results. And we're going to climb away from that, that relegation zone. And things are going to be a little bit more chilled out. What have I been saying? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. How long have I been saying it? I, we're not, we were never going to go, all right, it's got a little bit, it's got a little bit worrying the last few weeks, I, I'll concede probably more worrying than I thought it might get when I was making statements at the start of the season like, there's no chance we're going to go up. We're not good enough to be anywhere in the top seven. I think we'll finish between 12th and 17th. Uh, the, the squad will look nothing like it does now when I was saying this in August and September in the second half of the season. Nothing like it whatsoever. This is when people were, were moaning about, Frank's got to put money in his pocket and buy play. Chill out. Zen out. He will get players in. But he said he's not going to get any players. He might have said that, but he still will because he's not going to let us go down. So we're going to have, we're going to have a better team and a better squad and they're going to invest in David Unsworth and the squad and it's going to look totally different and it'll click and we'll start to turn the corner and next season we'll be challenging for the top seven. And if we don't make it and go up, the season after we'll be in the top two. Hopefully top two might automatically go up. Although actually, I'll come back to that in a bit. Um, the, 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 the National League are talking about having a convoluted playoffs if they have three to go up, where you still only have one automatic and playoffs down to about ninth place. Oh, my God. That, because that, the mental, that, that aside, mm. it's going to take, it's going to take time, right? So this, this is, this is just, it's sort of been obvious to me that, that that's what will be the case. And so people need to relax. Now, I had a debate yesterday with some well-known Latics fans on the terrace, who I'm not going to name, right? We all know them though, um, who, were quite joyously singing yesterday, uh, how shit must you be we're winning away when we were 2-1 up? And it carried on at 3-1, and it carried on at 4-1, and it carried on at 5-1. Now, I said to a couple of people yesterday, this has got to stop. And they were like, why? Why? And I'm like, it's not helping the situation. When we scored and went 2-1 up, and we're singing that, Dorking were attacking at one stage, so our players are down at our end in the first half, and we were and our lot were singing that. And and I get the humour, I get the I get the gallows humour, I get the sort of uh, turn a negative into a positive, or try to look on the bright side of life, or just you know those people are there, they've paid their money and travelled, and so they feel like that, that that they're able to do what they want, are sort of immune from criticism. I just don't believe that. In in the days when we had Simon Carney or Abdallah running the club with a procession of managers which were never going to be successful because they were working under conditions which were simply not, not suitable, either financially under Simon Corney or financially and interference-wise under the horrendous Lemsergams. And you've got people like Barrow on in the background. That sort of gallows humour I sort of joined in with at the time because I could never... And there was never any way out of it. The only way out of it was to like get an, get an FA Cup game against Liverpool, earn some money... And then maybe that'd keep you going for another eight, eight, nine months before you were back in the in the financial mire again. And it was, you know, the only season that Simon Carney ever got anywhere was when Lee Johnson was in charge. We were in the playoffs, and he sold him, uh, and basically gave up the chance to get promoted because that wasn't their objective. Their objective was just to stay in Division Three. So where we're at now is we've got fabulous owners making medium to long term decisions. They've, rec- they've backed and recruited a full staff of backroom staff who buy into the same vision. I don't know whether David Unsworth will turn out to be the second coming of Joe Royal or not. <laughs> he probably won't be. But they want him and they're backing him. And so us vitriolically getting on his back and or the players' back by singing, how shit, how, you know, how shit must you be? We're winning away. He's got to stop. That culture on the terrace 
that was it was okay for its time that had its place in the last decade it's ended now it's got to stop we've got to start getting behind the manager and the team if we want our club to be successful if we want players to want to come and play for us if we want Oldham Athletic to be like that's the that's the great play. everyone had signed for Notts County or Wrexham at the minute we want people to anyone to come and sign for Oldham uh, and then and then fly through League Two with the same. We've got to stop it on the terrace. The culture has to change. Every one of you that's singing that yesterday has got to look yourself in the mirror and say, "Is that really helping?" What do you think about that, Mark? <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think when you when we're getting beat um, and we're playing really badly, um, I don't. I don't. It's not something that I do, but I don't have a problem with people kind of barracking the team. When you're one nil down after eight minutes yesterday, I mean, Andy mentioned it was kind of wobbling towards, you know, becoming toxic. And I think it was actually, I think it went toxic straight away. You know, I just, maybe I'm a bit more sensitive, maybe I was sensitive yesterday because I had the two kids with me. Um, but look, I think that I wince when people are singing that around us yesterday when we're winning 5-1. Like my kids are watching this yesterday thinking we're Brazil. And I want us to show a bit of swagger and a bit of arrogance. So I'd much rather that we were flexing a bit of muscle on the terrace and 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 saying, yeah, this is what we're all about. We we you know you know you know you used to hate it when you know we play City in the third division and Leeds and they'd come and say you know you know whatever nil in your cup final or what have you. But actually, I want us to show a little bit of that same kind of arrogance and swagger as a club now. And 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 yeah, the kind of you know. Yeah, how shit must you be? I mean, yeah, it just kind of made me kind of just sigh yesterday. Well, it kind of puts it kind of puts it's putting ourselves down in it. It's self-deprecating yeah. in it as well, yeah. and it's disrespectful like across the board. I think. To, I mean, it's like on the on the one hand, I think yesterday was like almost it seemed like the day that Oldham embraced non-league in a way. It was like you know it, the terrible facilities, but the fantastic welcome, like. You know, like it was one of those good non-league days that, like, you know, it seemed quite good. It was, it was played in a good spirit. Um, you know, the, the man, their manager was was great. There, there was a lot of love for Gary. Uh, what's he called? Sorry, Gary Presco, is it? Uh, Pasco, Gary Pasco, the uh, commentator on I Follow, whatever it's called, National League TV yesterday, uh, and I thought it was all quite good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Andy, on on that. I think it'd be, you know, we'd be more beneficial to sing like you know we score when we want you know we're, it's that kind of chant wouldn't it you know what i mean oh, and just get behind it five one in your cup final like yeah, what, what, yeah, whatever yeah, it might yeah. I, I i understand that some of the pushback i got yesterday on the terrace was well when we've started string some wins together then we'll then then we'll stop it and turn the other way i'm like well okay but we could help us get to a position where we can start to string a lot of wins together if we just change the culture. It's like, yeah. well, I listened to the phone-in, two phone-ins ago, well, after the Notts County game on, on Boxing Day, and, and the one that went on for 90 minutes, like yeah. the record phone-in. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was, I can't remember how many guests came on, maybe eight or nine or something. And it was literally repeat, repeat, repeat for the people that came on. But I'm going to tackle it again. At least three of those people that came on are in exactly the same friendship group, right? Which dominate the opinion on the terrace because they're significant in number and group and they're quite loud on social media. Mm. So they're coming on. And then other people I think that were coming on, were just sort of following the general thread, which was, uh, he's not in touch with us. Unsworth. He's, you know, he, 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 there's no connection with the fans. And then this sort of like faux rage over, he's not coming and waving at us. I was like, grow up with the stop coming and waving at us. I don't care if he never waves at me at any game. If he starts winning games, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter that we start to see progress coaching wise and on the pitch. I get that. And, and Unsworth definitely has not, there's definitely question marks over whether he can do that. Yesterday was a blip in, in, in at the minute. Let's hope he, he, he's, he's found a way and he, and he in, and it works from here. But this whole, he doesn't wave at me nonsense. There's no connection. Just get over yourself. We've got to get behind it. It's pointless singing negative stuff on a, on the terrace. Sorry, I've interrupted and ranted again. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah, you get you know it's it's been a couple of weeks, Andy, since you come on the pod. You've got a lot of a lot of things uh, that you need to get off your chest, so that's absolutely fine. I, I look, I agree. I mean, this is something that um, that I've been saying for a while. For a lot, I think it's really been a, th a theme for the like the whole podcast. Really, is think about it. Just, as fans, it's our responsibility to think 
we all, we all play a part. People think it makes it too easy for fans to just say, oh, I pay my money, I can say what I want and do what I want. Absolutely right, of course you can. But are you actually thinking about what you're saying? Are you actually thinking about what you're doing? Or are you just kind of following, you know, the, the lead of somebody else? You know, like what impact does it have um, to the club that you support? You know, you, just because you've travelled all the way down to Dorking doesn't mean you're a good supporter. If you travel all the way down to Dorking just to get on the back of the players, make it more difficult for them, doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, so these are the things to think about. Um, and you know, I don't think we, I don't think we've ever told people what they should or shouldn't be doing. We're not trying to, you know, we don't, we, we don't feel that we we have that influence. But what we do have is the opportunity to to, to, to get people to think about what they're doing, think about what they're saying. And, and I, I think it's, I think it's important. I, I I agree with you, Andy. And and just, ch- I think it's important to challenge people respectfully as well, which I then is, I think, is something that we've done, use the podcast to do. Um, so I, I think like there is a. There's a passion and an energy within the Oldham fans. I think once it's turned, in uh, and people will argue, oh, we start winning games, then then it will. But when you know, looking at Notts County, who came to Boundary Park, top of the league, they only brought twelve hundred fans with them, right? Which is, it first of all, isn't great. They only brought like three hundred fans more than we took there, and we were bottom of the league near enough. Their home atmosphere was shy. They're away. F- the noise their away fans made was shy, like. You know, we because we're judging them against our own standards, and our own standards are very, very high. You know, they're very, they're very good. Uh, I was looking at the League One attendance, uh, average away attendances um, on uh, social media the other day, and it was like top of it was like Sheffield Wednesday and Derby, two and a half thousand, and it went all the way down to like Fleetwood, who was like one hundred and fifty. You know, but like you know, you're thinking where would Oldham be in, in there? Like if we were flying, do you know what I mean? We'd be right up there with the with the with the the high we, we, we've set the standard high for ourselves and our expectations are high for ourselves i think once we kind of like a certain mentality flicks uh over to to then we, we really it's all just there in it boiling under the surface at this football club everything is ready to change everything is ready to flip from being a losing mentality a, a, a depressing club to support which frankly it has been for a long long time to be in a joy to support. And it's just, we, we're at that point now where we're just in that balance where it's like, where I think like what you're saying, Andy, very, very small margins make a big difference, don't they, in terms of flipping that mentality, that culture that we've spoken about, the, the things that they're doing in the club. It's, it might only seem like people mourning on social media, oh, you painted the steps, you've done it. But it's these little things when you're in this state of flux that start to add up to... to, to to make big positive changes. And it's the same on the terraces, these little differences that we start making, getting behind players, encouraging players, being, you know, encouraging the, the, the good things that they do rather than just focusing on the bad things that they do. I think it's going to make a difference. And when it flips, this club, it's going to be a joy to follow again, isn't it? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to be, I think we're going to be flying. I said, I, I, just, I guess this is a long-term prediction, but like you said, with, with the sort of, with the positive with all that positivity around it, with, with a forward trajectory, with our fan base behind us, who've been deprived of success for such a long time, when we turn, I can see us going through the National League and, and League Two in, in no time. I can see us going through those, you know, most National League teams that are half decent do well in League Two straight away. I think if we go, if we get out of this league uh, in the right direction, <clears throat> we could be in League One within a couple of years. So it, I can just see it really going in. And that's why I think we've got to start asking ourselves now what can we do uh, or what should we not do possibly uh, is a better way to frame it to try to facilitate or create an environment for that because you know like, you get back to the david unsworth debate and some people have still made their minds up you know I've, even after yesterday i was reading some some social media posts yesterday saying you know i think one of them said something like um uh we could we could win like this regularly when we get a proper manager you just like for crying out loud like I think there is, I'm not saying I know that Dave Lunsworth is going to be a great manager, <clears throat> but yeah, yes, he's sticking with that sort of five at the back, three, five, two, four, three, three. He's done all these things in the first sort of two, three months he's been here and they've not worked. And some of us have sort of observed that and thought, I don't get why he doesn't try four, four, two, because it's a more, more sturdy sort of uh, structure. Why well, don't get you why he doesn't play this player, or that player. And it seems to have taken him longer to get there. It, it is possible that he's learning on the job as well. It is possible that 
even with all of his his excellent coaching qualifications and experience in Everton's youth team, that he's not managed a men's team before. Uh, it is possible that um, maybe he's been a bit belligerent, a bit, a bit too sort of dogmatic over what he thinks are, are his his fundamental beliefs, and he's had to accept that they're not right for this division. He, he maybe has had to sort of accept that just chucking Fond up. I don't think he fancies Fond up. In fact, I'll be brutally honest. I don't really fancy Fondop. I prefer I prefer the idea of Nuttall and Reed. I think they look like better players. Fondop's a bit agricultural and a bit blunt. You touched upon it earlier. Nuttall is like Fondop with icing on top. He's just a better player. You can tell. Yeah, but you 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 put you 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 put Fondop next to Nuttall yesterday. What happens? He scores hat trick, doesn't it? And this is the thing, isn't it? Well, this is well, this this is that point. So, so like, what he did is Unsworth dropped. Fondup had gone what five five goals in eight games before Unsworth arrived, and then Unsworth just dropped him. And and I can see why he dropped him because he just looked at him and thought, ah, I can get better players than you. And but maybe he's realised now that actually I probably do want better players than Mike Fondup eventually. But actually, at this level, maybe I should play Mike Fondup and he'll get me some goals. And then, hey, presto, that's why. And that's what I mean about Unsworth learning on the job. I think just to be getting on his back instantly, yes, he's made some mistakes, but let's forgive him those mistakes. And if we start to improve now, between now and the end of the season, and we're not getting on everyone's backs, and we finish comfortably in mid-table, like I expect us to do so, that could be an amazing platform to launch a promotion challenge next season. There's no question that he's learning on that he's learning on the job. I mean, this is a completely different challenge for him and his team. It's a completely new challenge for the board because that you know it's everybody's learning on the job, and they're having to learn very very quickly. And they're having to learn quickly because the threat of relegation from the national league is still there. You know, we put in a couple of good performances, got a couple of good results. And we've pulled out of the, the bottom four. But, you know, the threat's still there. They've had to spend some money. They probably had to spend more money than they were hoping they were going to have to. And they've changed the manager hope, probably quicker than they thought they were going to have to. And there's lots of things that they've had to adapt. And it's it's very, very difficult. Um, what you're always going to get when people make a decision and they get taken position, they're always going to try and stick to it and defend it, regardless of whether or not they're actually... Uh, feel they're right because you know once they've, they've nailed their uh, their colours to the Unsworth outmast, they're going to want to stick to it. The most important thing that this football club needs, and uh, more than anything, is stability, particularly in the in the role of manager. Now, if after the end of David Unsworth's three-year contract, we've not made it out of the division, and it feels like he's taken it as far as he's taken it, and they decide to replace him with a new manager instead of giving him a new contract, then fair enough. I'd rather that. I'd rather stay in this division and have a manager and, build, and, and get everything in and around him in place. And I don't expect us to go up next season or the season after. I don't expect that. I want that, but I don't expect it. Look at Wrexham, look at Notts County. It's not an easy division to get out of. So what you want to see is you want to see progress. You want to see us having a go uh, and challenging. And as long as we're doing that, and, and, and you know, and Unsworth might settle into the role. He might become the man that, that we that we need at the club, and he might be, he might become a fan's favourite and all this kind of stuff. But it's it's that mentality of panicking that that has that has people are in a different state of mind. They're in that old state of mind, and and we've got to. Hopefully, leave that behind. People say, "Oh, we'll start winning games. We'll start doing that." But <sighs> we, don't, we can't keep going. Now. We need to, 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 to get a string of results together because that will just chill everybody out, won't it? I mean, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, what what, what were your feelings, um, Mark? I mean, with regards to the manager over the, the last few, because he obviously his, his record's been has been poor. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been. I'll be. I'll be honest. I've been quite muddled in my thinking and, and quite torn between that, that desire for stability and then looking at the fact that he'd what won two in 17 before yesterday. And, you know, so, so I'll admit to, to, to still being torn um, uh, uh, on that on that front. I think we definitely need to, you know, these four points in two games, I don't think constitutes a run or a corner turn. You know, we need, you know, the next four or five games to continue to build on that. But we've got a platform to do that now. Um, you know, there's there's kind of there are still I think obvious deficiencies in the team, right back, wide right, centre midfield times two at least. You know, I think you know I thought Nuttall yesterday was brilliant. I thought him and Fonda won absolutely everything in the air. 
And, and whilst we can say, well, maybe would it be better if Reed was playing on Nuttall? What we don't have is anybody breaking from midfield, getting beyond the striker as well. We need at least a sense of one sense of midfielder who can feed off of whatever combination of strikers we've got up front are, are kind of building on. But the one thing with Unsworth that has, has kind of had me scratching my head a little bit is, I, I, you know, when I've been critical of him, I think he's of making the same mistakes time and time again. And I, and I ask myself, what what's his team telling him? You know, what are Ed Ball, what's Ed Ball advising him? What's what's Jeffers' input? Because, you, you know, you see those games where Reed's been brought off on 60 minutes every week, having played one up front. You just think, well, you know, what what, if, what are they doing together as a team? Um, and that's that's kind of puzzled me. But yeah, look, I, I'm desperate for stability, but we've got to we've got to put some wins together now because still three and eighteen or whatever it is isn't isn't a, isn't a good enough record. No, I mean definitely not. But we'll see, won't we? I mean, uh, it, like we've got the phone in on Wednesday, so I'm sure some of the people that feel called out by what. Andy's had to say and what might maybe I've had to say or get in touch and uh, and come on and answer that and which and that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, we can we can talk to each other now. We we, we have platforms. It, it it seems to be like like you said on the after after the Boxing Day game, it, it was a certain side of the argument that is more vociferous in its response than the other side of the argument, isn't it? Really? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know. I'm, I think a healthy debate is a, is a good thing to do. A couple of the guys that I chatted to yesterday said they'd be prepared to come on the podcast and, and chat that, have that debate, you know, in this environment. Um, so it's not it's not like no one was falling out, um, but we're, we're just trying to understand each other's point of view and then and make each each other think about how best we can. Because when when we're united and everyone's together, then you know we make a right racket, um, we travel in big numbers. Um, but when, when we're split, we're just not as effective as we could be, you know. Um, and I just, I just think that needs that needs talking through. Anyway, you know, like the, the other things that, to to think about are we're trying to, you know, we've been, we've been how many players have, have we signed in the last few weeks? Like the loads. Um, we signed another one yesterday, Joseph Varney, who was ex Everton. So I assume Unsworth must have known him from there at some stage. He's, he's played for Chesterfield, been abroad, and I believe they've got at least two or three others on trial. Um, at the minute, who may get off a contract. We're obviously crying out for midfielders and, and a right back, as we've discussed. Um, so maybe things, maybe we'll sign some more players. I, and there was been the rumour about Ryan Colclough has been circulating for a long time, hasn't it? Now for a, probably about a month, really. It looks like Ryan Colclough's going to sign for Chesterfield. <clears throat> and I, I'm led to believe we both, us and Chester, he had six months left on his contract, so he, he could move for free in the summer. So Alteringham were having to sell him now or face losing him for nothing. And I, so I believe that both us and Chesterfield offered the same amount of money in terms of transfer fee to, to Alteringham to, to get permission to speak to him. Um, but Chesterfield have given him a, a massive contract. So maybe it is a bigger contract than we prepared to offer him. Or there's some rumours that um, Frank has maybe intervened in it on the basis of Ryan Colcroft has, how's the best way to describe it, an interesting and checkered background. <laughs> so um, it's possible that, that the powers that be at the club have said, might want to steer clear of this type of character. And, and there was one or two people yesterday, who I think somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but some maybe in the pub I was chatting to were were saying, well, if that was the Lemons of Gums, would that be interference? Like, give over, come on. <laughs> it's a different level of interference if it is. And if we're if we're deciding that we're not recruiting people on character because they think they might not be the right for the club, I'm absolutely fine with that as a as a thought process. Um so yeah, I mean we're gonna be signing players and we're gonna still sign players and the squad's gonna get better. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's. I mean, you're protecting your investment, aren't you? I mean, you're yeah. the one who's got to sign off your sign the check, and and is this a good investment for for our football club? And if you've got doubts over the character of of somebody, then you should you should definitely think twice about doing it. So that's that's fine. I mean, there's interference and there's interference, isn't there, Andy? Absolutely. <laughs> do, do you want to talk about that? Well, should we talk about if we were Crawley Town at the moment? Uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean. I don't know if anyone's followed some of those stories, but I've I've read them all and watched the the Preston Johnson sort of video that he released yesterday to Crawley supporters. I mean, he was pretty eloquent in that, actually, much more eloquent. He's the, than... he's the American chairman of uh, Crawley Town and and one of these what are they call Wagme, Wagme United, which are these cryptocurrency boys. Yeah, 
who want to come at it differently. Um, I mean, yeah, see, he was quite eloquent in that yesterday and explained some of the decisions he's done. But listen, he sat on the he, he sat himself on the bench. This is the owner, <laughs> the American one, sat himself on the bench, uh, reportedly to show support for Darren Byfield. Did he play for us? Yeah, did not he on loan? He, on loan yeah. from it. Anyway, uh, so what happened is they had a manager in who was in 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 place for a month. Etherington. Yeah, and he left the club. Yeah. And then what? And then um, Johnson, the um, the American chairman, decided that he was going to Byfield was going to go in and, and who's a football man, <laughs> but he was going to show his support for him by going into into the dugout for the game against Newport uh, last week, and um, you know. So he got in. and then what he did is he he, he released a video um, sat in the changing rooms in his his multicolored like looking like a Neapolitan ice cream in his uh, in his sweater hoodie um, uh, and uh, and explained why he'd done it and on the one the one and he said look look guys I understand that uh, this is not the kind of thing to, that you you guys are not happy about me being in the dugout and all this and he's like. On one side of his life, I admired him for fronting up and sitting there and, like you said, Ali, speaking quite eloquently for like seven or eight minutes on it. And on, on the other side of me, he's thinking, oh, God, like, <laughs> like football people, they can handle being in the dugout. You know what I mean? They don't need you there for your, uh, inverted commas, support. Um, what did you make of it, uh, Andy, of actually, like, his explanation? and, and well, all that? The, the, the other controversial thing that Crawley fans are up in arms about is they've sold uh, one of their players, the striker Tom Nichols, I think he's called, to yeah, Gillingham right, yeah. for, like, 70 yeah. grand. Um, and he's like, a, you know, so you're selling a striker to a relegation rival. He, he, the owner explained it is that they've signed another striker and they're both small and they need a big lad, little lad up front, so they got rid, got rid of one of the little lads. That's the way he's, he's described it. But... Uh, the, the other things that, that sort of compound this story is they've been through three managers this season. Three. <laughs> right? That's, that is, you know, unprecedented. I don't think we've gone through, we went through three managers by Christmas time in any season, did we? Did we? I can't remember. Maybe we did. Um, three managers by Christmas. And uh, one of the other things they did, when they appointed Matthew Etherington, so former Stoke Birmingham player, I think, who's relatively well known, ex-Premier League player. Yeah, yeah. If, if anyone knows anything about Matthew Everington, is Matthew Everington had a very unhealthy gambling habit. And when they appointed him, they said, quote unquote, we've appointed Matthew because we think he has uh, the same attitude to risk as we do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it was just really unpalatable stuff. You're like, this is, this is, this is destined to go wrong for me. Crawley are absolutely screwed because they, they haven't got the right structure. And it, this is what I keep reminding myself. You, you know, Matt, of course, just to flip the story, I've been talking to Scunthorpe United's Trust this week. I haven't managed to get some audio down from an interview, but I've been exchanging messages with them because they're right in the epicentre of a storm at the minute, so they've not been able yeah. to spend some time talking to us. But they're, they're, they're potentially going to hit administration shortly because Peter Swan... Um, as, as I mean, Peter Swan's done all sorts of stuff there. Like, for instance, speaking of gambling, <laughs> yeah, speaking of he, he, yeah, he's he's currently he's currently being taken to court by a gambling company, I think, or the other way around. He's certainly the other court. way around. Is it's it like, the way around? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I don't know what his uh, what his beef is. That like, he, he lost money gambling. Uh, now he's taking them to court. Uh, I, I mean, that's very simplistic, but I think yeah. that's the way it works. Well, not like, only that, Scunthorpe United, um, he he had. Uh, separated the ground from the football club. Hello, where's that happened before? Um, and then mortgaged it with a company he owned himself and then made the football club pay his other company interest on that loan. Hmm. It stinks, doesn't it? Yeah. So you've got all that going on. And I, and I keep saying to myself, yeah, it's absolute, absolutely rubbish being in the bottom four of the National League. But we're not going to go down. And we haven't got all this nonsense to deal with anymore. Just zen out, chill, it'll come good. <laughs> I mean, this is I mean, looking at all this stuff that's going on. I mean, this we've been we've been looking, we've been in our group, we've been keeping an eye on crawling because this is the this is the, the group of people that nearly bought Bradford City. Yeah. I, I'm just and with all due respect to Crawley Town, I'm so glad they bought Crawley Town and not Bradford City because they would have made a right balls of Bradford. And you know Bradford City is a is a big club that's struggling as it is, but you know they would have been the next uh, to drop into non-league and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, you know we've, we've the the um, 
independent review and all this kind of stuff. It's happening slowly, slowly. These things are turning out and the wheels are turning towards hopefully the right thing. But I, sp- I noticed I watched Gillingham v um, Leicester in the FA Cup yesterday and they've just been taken over by a, another guy who looked kind of out of place in a rainy third round FA Cup tie yesterday. It's a guy from Florida with his tan and his shiny teeth. He's like, well, he's American. You can tell before you even knew. Like, you know, and I, obviously there's nothing wrong with potentially Americans coming in to buy British football clubs and stuff like that. But it just, again, put it into contrast, like what's happening at Crawley. Hopefully that works out for Gillingham, uh, whatever. But, you know, we've got local people at Oldham now. And that I'm, I'm so glad about that. Um, you know, Leicester are a good example of where you've got, you know, Tyone that's coming in. They've won the FA Cup. They've won the Premier League. Leicester City's transformed. It wasn't that long that we 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 played them at Boundary Park and Dee Windass was in goal at, at Leicester in the league. So you know things can things can turn around. And there's obviously no, no potentially no issue with foreign owners at football clubs, but ultimately it's very fragile, isn't it? It's very very fragile, and and, and we're coming out the other end of that. In I mean I, again, like Abdallah turned around and, and Adam Morley turned around when when they were selling the club and said, "Look, what a fantastic result for the football club." And it is, and and you know, at the end of the day, the the, the, the parting, um, I'm not going to call it a gift, but at least they left the football club in good hands, you know, and they they, they were part of that deal, weren't they? They they ultimately, um, Simon Blitz and, and Abdallah sat down with Frank and Darren, and it's all been worked out, and it's all been worked out for the benefit of Old Athletic, and it could have been that we ended up in the hands of Wagme United or you know, a Peter Swan. Um, so we really have to bear all that in mind when we're, you know, losing our shit because we're, we're getting beat um, 4-1 at Notts County or whatever it is. You know I mean? It's all about perspective, really. Uh, absolutely. And and if you think about uh, yesterday, uh, it's, it's the first time that we've won an away game by four goals or more since 1988. <laughs> wow. Mark, who was that against? Sheffield United. Correct. Tell you what, you might be good. At, you might be good at Latics mind in a minute. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and also, um, it's the last time we scored five goals away from home since we scored five at Wickham. What year was that? 0304. Yes. Oh three. If you get this. So, if you get don't ask him anyone. Yeah, don't let anyone make him beat too early. Like yeah. <laughs> we, we also scored five away from home uh, at Carlisle in what year? That I, do, I have no idea. Not nineteen eighty-five. Oh wow! Oh, that way. Still, I'm still impressed though. I'm, not, I'm looking forward to the latitude mine now. Um, based on that, yeah, definitely. I tell you what, it's the first time yesterday I've seen us win winning green. You ever seen us winning green, Mark? Uh, no, those green kits from the nineties. We all seen to, we drew at Main Road, didn't we? That's about as good as it got. Yeah, never seen us winning green until yesterday. I was thinking I went through went through the games. I could think of nothing that's ever happened before. I tell you what was amazing yesterday for me. Just uh, I know it's a a bit more of a personal sort of thing, but you, you've had this because I've seen you with your lad at games before. I remember you, your lad's face at Sutton last season when when mm. we won. That was a picture, wasn't it? Um, yesterday, I've, I've taken my lad, my eldest lad has been to six games. Uh, they were nil nil, nil one, nil three, one all, and nil nil. They were his first five. <laughs> yesterday, we won five one, and it's the first time he actually sat and watched it with me and was involved. Like he was cheering. Uh, I did, I shot, I did zigzagger a couple of times. He loved that. It's like, Daddy, do yeah. zigzagger again. It was absolutely. <laughs> It was so, it was that yesterday was the first time we got around. At one stage, I think it was, it might have been, we might have one nil down or one all. He just, he was dead quiet and he just shouted, put it in the stinking goal. And there was a lot of people <laughs> who just started laughing. This five year old boy, he was so involved. It was amazing. I really loved it. <laughs> yeah, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Because the thing is, like, I mean, um, my eldest nephew, Enzo, like, he gets upset when he lose. You know, they, they, they do. You know they're into he's seven and like you know he, over the last couple of seasons now he's been he goes there because he wants to see him win you know and he and he and he gets upset when they lose so uh, it, it makes a massive difference to 
how sort of in, I mean we're all lucky because like you know we you know we were we were getting into Latics when they were when they were in the championship and they were winning games and they were going on cup runs and and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 a lot more difficult. But like we've already said, good times are just around the corner. We've just got to be a little bit more patient. We're going to start winning games. Yesterday was a was a good result, a good victory, and everyone's happy. Um, I think, yeah, I just want to mention, obviously, um, we've got the 2022 review out. Um, have a listen to that if you haven't listened to it already, because it's, it's a really good episode. Um, lots and lots of interesting things that you might have forgotten about happened in 2022. We also interviewed Roy. Um, we put that out there as well. It's one of those timeless things that you can listen to whenever. Um, he's got a new book out that he's uh, done in um, collaboration with Stuart Beckett. And um, obviously, there's lots of uh, historical anecdotes and and, and interesting things in there. Uh, I haven't got a copy yet, but my mum's bought one, right? So my mum had bought one, so that's good. Um, so have a listen to that and, and buy Roy's book because it's the second book that he's, he's put out to raise money for Maggie's. So it's a great cause. He's not making any money off it himself. He's just doing it for charity. So that's really good. Um, and I just wanted to say about OASF, just a little bit of an update. We've got um, we've got a, a planning meeting. Um, just, I think it's on the 21st before the South End game. We're all meeting up because we'll, we'll all be in town to watch the match because a couple of directs, one lives in Blackpool, one lives in um, Leeds. So we're not, it's not easy for us all to get together, but we're going to get together. And we're going to have a meeting, a planning meeting. We've got the CB. I think people have, you know, you see a few comments, so it's a bit quiet. Yeah, well, it is a bit quiet. I mean, it was a bit hectic for a while. Um, we've got to get through the CBS conversion and that kind of stuff's kind of happening slowly in the background. But, you know, we, we kind of want to do a sort of sit down and, and plan like what our what our purpose is going to be now that things have changed because we, we don't want to sort of sit back and do nothing you know fall into the trap of what's happened previously where all well, clubs in good ownership now we just we don't have a job to do anymore we have we, we have to define what that role is going forward and what it is that we want to achieve and how we're going to do it and set up a structure for the for the organization so that it's always relevant and it's it always needs to be there and it's 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 you know, should the worst case scenario comes round, well, we, what they are, the point is now is to stop the worst case scenario coming round. That's really got to be you're working in conjunction with the club to do that. So we've we've got that meeting coming up um, in in a couple of weeks, and and obviously then we'll feed that back to the supporters after that. But it's nice to be able to sort of like just take a little bit of a back step and just breathe and say right well fundamentally there's nothing to worry about at the moment. There's competent people running a football club. There's money being spent in the right ways and we can focus on ourselves now and, and building up OASF into a, a much different organisation than what it's ever been in the past and that's ultimately the, the goal so um, so anyone who's been kind of thinking oh you're being very quiet what's happening with that money well like you know give us a bit of time we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you and we'll, we'll let every, everything know so but look everything is in a much better position going into 2023 OASF I'm, I'm really happy we've got a new board there's 10 directors now which is fantastic um the club has got a proper board of directors it's got a management structure we've got a recruitment structure like it's all good it's you know the latics mind questions in the future of the 23 24 25 era is going to be so much more interesting there's going to be so many more you know fantastic results and, and top scorers blah 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 speaking of mastermind andy I mean, Latics mind, whatever. It's just fundamentally the same thing. Should we do that? Should we should we put Mark through his paces properly now? Absolutely. Excellent. Are you ready, Mark? Let's do it. Good luck. Paddy Harwood reigned at the top of that for the whole of 2022. Well, not the whole of 2022, but in terms of the season. Now we've we've switched to 23. It's time he was knocked off that perch. Good luck. Are you waiting for the music, aren't you? That's my job, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Roger Palmer and Andy Ritchie both scored 20 goals in the same season on two occasions. Once in 89-90. What was the other season? Uh, 87-88. Correct. 
correct. Who did Latics play in the FA Cup semi-final of 1913? Aston Villa. Correct. Who scored a brace at Huddersfield in the League Cup in the year 2000? Oh. Uh, uh, Mark Allett. Wrong. Paul Rickers. Who scored an injury time equaliser at Sheffield United in October 2012? Matt Smith. Correct. Who became Latics manager in late 1969? Jack Rowley. Wrong. Jimmy Frizzell. In what year were Oldham Athletic formed? 1895. Correct. Latics had three managers in the 2015-16 season. Can you name them all? Um, Benid, Kuehl and Curl. Wrong. Kelly, Dunn and Sheridan. Who was Latic's caretaker manager between February and March 2013? Uh, was that Joe Will? Wrong. Tony Phillips-Kirk. Against who was the infamous 1980 Boundary Park riot against? Sheffield Wednesday. Correct. Which former Latics keeper was once record holder of England under-21 caps? Correct. Right then. Got to top this up here, haven't we? <laughs> One, two, three, four... Five, six correct yeah. answers. Oh, it's counting them on my oh. fingers. <laughs> oh, guys, so oh. close. Six oh. correct and no passes. Oh. So, like, he's, I kept thinking on that one, on that one where you were trying to guess Paul Rickers, right? The third question, if you'd have just passed it and moved on, you'd have probably got at least another question or two in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm kicking myself. Jimmy Frizzell and Tony Phyllis Kirk should have got one of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is oh, a well. effort, Mark. Very, very good effort. Yeah. Yeah. Like Andy said, if you did just kind of like flick through the questions a bit quicker, I think you definitely would have you would have topped it there. But great effort. Great effort. Yeah, well, I'll take the win yesterday and six today. Yeah, no, it's very, very good. Yeah. Well, you're in. I can tell you now, you're in second position on the Latix Mind leaderboard. So if we if we manage to go through with what we threaten to do, which is have a final in uh, in in the summer, uh, you, you you're currently in, you're currently in a position to be invited back to the final. <laughs> I, I won't book the summer holiday just yet. Then I'll wait. No, no, don't no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't leave the country. Uh, but yeah, I'll, uh, I can update that now, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll stick it on the uh, on the social media. Well done, Mark. It was a really good effort. Um, Cheers, and uh, a really good, really good guest on the show. I think really, I think technically, Andy, technically, uh, we had the two that you got right earlier. Um, <laughs> then that puts him on eight, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, really, really good effort. Uh, thanks for coming on, mate. What, which no, is the, are you going to be at Wealdstone, is it, uh, the next game? or Be at Wealdstone and then South End at Boundary Park on Saturday week as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll see you at Wealdstone, Mark. Uh, I won't see be you making part of, uh, You'll be going to Aldershot, I assume, as well, yeah, later in the month? Yes. Yeah, yeah I'll see you there as well. How Please. long can this unbeaten stretch in 2023 last Gatestone? Uh, Gatestone? Gateshead on... Um, on the Saturday in the uh, FA Trophy, that'd be nice to, uh, to 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 carry on where we left off against Dorking, and uh, yeah, let's hope that we can just uh, keep this run going yeah. and, uh, and climb up the table. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you on the Latics Football Fawning on Wednesday.
The Boundary Park Alert System is hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. A huge thank you goes to those people who already subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you all and if you'd like to help us out financially, please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click support or find the link in the show notes. It's only $2.99 a month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafcpodcast or click the link on our website. Please follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast and subscribe to youtube.com forward slash at OAFC Podcast where you will find the Latics Football phone in with myself and Dave Bradley live every Wednesday from 8.30pm. We'd like to thank Arlene Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning and thanks also goes to Paul Prentergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash Red Laser Records. You can help change the game by listening to us on the Fan Hub app along with all major podcast platforms. Please like, subscribe and review the pod and help us climb the rankings to get more listeners wherever you listen. Thank you for listening and if you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show in any way we'd love to hear from you. See you next week.